I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. and we're coming at you from the surface of the sun. My name is Jason Robbins. And I am a completely baked Derek Diamond. (laughs) And not in the good way. Uh, It's summertime on the Gulf Coast and we're both miserable. And we're drinking coffee. Like, go go figure. Well, so, no, I'm drinking coffee because... So, I I had the day off of work today. Um, For those who are listening, you know, when we record this, it's July 3rd. Mm -hmm. So, I got... Monday and July 4th off. Oh, must be nice. <laughs> I just get Tuesday off. Well, any day off is better than no day off. Yeah, but it sucks when you have a weekend and then you got to go to work for a day and then you get another yeah. day off. It's like, oh, just give me the day off. Yeah, I know that that's, I don't get why more places don't do that. But um, no, I just like, I fell asleep earlier today. And just um, because I was telling you before we started, I Samantha and I worked a wedding um, on Saturday and it was outdoors, which was a terrible decision Um, (laughs) there. I took a a selfie of us and we're both just like drenched in sweat. It basically like I felt like I took my clothes out of the washer and just put them on. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the South, everybody. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So I've had a very lazy uh, two days after that yeah. so no i was just fell asleep and woke up like around four-ish i, so, I don't blame nice. you i mean this it just takes it out of you like this heat just like sucks your energy because we were talking about it before like people who have summer weddings in the south like what are you doing 
my brother and my sister-in-law, their anniversary is coming up in the next, uh, the sixth. Um, and they got married in 1996 and I was the best man <clears throat> and they got married outside in the middle of summer. And I had to wear, you know, a suit with uh, the tie and all that stuff. And I just remember, um, actually seeing death coming for me at that point. Cause it was so freaking hot. Like, why would you do this? Who, who, who does that? Who has an outdoor wedding in the summer? I just picture it being like a movie where you're standing up there next to the, you know, at the front of the the group or whatever, and you just see in the distance, you see the Grim Reaper walking yeah. towards you, and then you just kind of look away for a second, and then you look back, and he's gone. Yeah, and, and we were like right out in the sun, too, where there was no shade. We were like right in the Mississippi sun, like what, ugh, in the Mississippi sun, I, and those of you who never been to the south, and not just Mississippi, but like Alabama, New Orleans, if you've ever been to New Orleans in the middle of the summer, you may as well just walk around naked because your clothes are going to be drenched yep. uh, in like 30 seconds. And, and I'm, well, man, when we when we filmed Survey and I, I was oh, wearing God. all that leather and everything else like that was misery. It was it was fun, but it was misery. But man, here on the coast, like if you don't live here, it, it, it is something else. Like the humidity is just like you you walk outside and it's like you're in a fishbowl. Yeah, pretty much. It, yeah, that <laughs> we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago uh, when we were doing the location scouting for Steve's movie. Like, you know, Kevin was there and a few of us that worked on survey were there. And we were talking about that weekend and how hot it was. Uh, Mushmouth in the chat room says, "Hey, can you guys please pause the show for me? I got to go grab a snack." Okay, well, we'll pause real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, we're back, <laughs> and we're back. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's your Nerd Cave retro weather update yeah. for, for the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I cannot wait till fall. Like I'm just, I'm just dreaming of fall weather right now it's all you can yeah do. me and me and you both it's awful but, uh, i hate it anything else before we go into the news this evening uh not really just been playing uh, oh for uh your weekly tears of the kingdom update oh, yeah, yeah, um yeah. Ha- have you um have you fought a gliok yet i have tried and and last night i was trying actually i just got zelda's golden horse okay Okay. And I've been trying to open up all of the um do the the little side quest to open up all the the fairy fountains. And I was on the last one, but the one I had to get to, I had to cross that long bridge right in the middle of uh I forgot exactly where it is, but it's down on the south of the map. I get on the bridge and I see this thing in the distance. I'm like, "What is that?" And there's this big whatever you call that thing. What's it called again? The Cleoc. The Cleoc. It's in the middle of the bridge. So I'm like, "All right, let me try to figure this out. So I, I ran up to it. You know, I, I got all the, the ring things now. So I've got all the, you know, the fighters with me and everything. So I'm like, this is awesome. I'll be able to take this thing on. And as I was running at it, it shot fire at me, hit me, knocked me off the bridge. And I fell like a thousand feet down into the water. And I survived with like a quarter of a, of a heart left. I'm like... Okay, I guess I'm swimming across the the water now. So I just I took some swim speeds potion. I've I've got the uh, the swim uh, outfit now. So I just basically just swam to the other side. And I didn't know if my horse could cross 
But uh, I got all the way on the other side of the bridge, and I, I just called my horse because I left her or him uh, on the other side of the bridge. And he just ran r- around the Kleok, just around it. I watched him run around it. Like, why couldn't I do that? I guess it doesn't have a thing against horses. Yeah, I guess not. I've never tried that. No, so the one you're talking about, I successfully beat it today. There's several of them throughout the map. There's a a frost one that's um, in the mountains near the desert. So, you know, I'm feeling confident after I've beat this thing. So I I shoot up through the the sky tower, and I'm gliding towards the the Gleok, and I'm like, okay, so I'll I'll get it from the air. I'll pull an Obi-Wan Kenobi and have the high ground. (laughs) It sees me, shoots me with an ice beam, kills me instantly, and I fall a thousand feet and just Oh, see, I saw that one too when I opened up that uh, that tower, and I saw it in the distance, and I was like, "Should I go after that?" No, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> so I just kind of avoided it at that point. At that point, yeah there there's an electric one that's in an old coliseum that I I want to fight at some point, but yeah, I don't think I'm quite ready for that yet. Uh, Joey in the chat room, Joey Image, our, our good friend Joey Image in the chat room, says someone built some kind of a PC in tears, and he saw a YouTube video where people were asking if it can run Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. I'll have to check that out. So have you tried building any weird stuff in uh, Tears of the Kingdom? Other than just vehicles that don't work? Yeah. No. I've seen some pretty... Uh, pretty intense stuff on there like you know the the big uh centaur looking guys that are in there uh, mm-hmm. somebody took on one of those guys and had built this huge contraption that was like it was shaped like a u and they had all these spikes on springs that when they turned it on all the springs would make the spikes like smash together and they trapped him in the middle of it and was just smashing him with all those spikes i was like that's ingenious that's really clever Huh. I'm wondering if I can build that and go after the Cleoc on the bridge. I was actually you should. thinking that. Hmm. Yeah, that would it'd be worth a shot. I'm gonna try it, but Yeah, you should. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh but that that's your Tears of the Kingdom update for the week. And now we're gonna go You've into... got Zelda and you got weather, so yeah. we're already off to yeah, a great we're start. We're doing good. Um we're <laughs> now it's time for the news. Tonight's stories were submitted to us by Mr. Armez Jackson, and if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And the first story from tonight comes from nintendolife.com. Nintendo currently has no specifics to share about other legacy platforms for Switch Online. Nintendo Switch Online service added Game Boy games in February of this year, but there's obviously requests for even more. So is there a chance of other legacy systems being added? According to the company's president, Shintaro Furukawa, Nintendo, uh, quote, currently have no specifics to share. He responded with this classic line when asked about the possibility of other platforms like the 3DS software library joining the subscription tiers in the future. Um, what about GameCube? It doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. So, and Fire Emblem joined the GBA collection earlier this week, too. I've yet to play that, but I've heard good things about it, so I'm going to try that out. But, doesn't look like we're going to get GameCube anytime soon, but I don't know. I, 
I will say this with the the rumors of the Switch 2 being announced possibly sooner rather than later they may wait until then yeah. to do it because if, if they're going to release I don't know when they're going to release it I, I don't even want to venture a guess they might just wait and maybe have it at launch probably maybe I, I think they, they may put it on the Switch as well after the Switch 2 comes out, because the Switch, I think, will still have a little bit of life in it, mm. but we'll we'll see what happens. But that that's my guess, is they're going to wait until the Switch 2 to, to do GameCube games. Well, I have a feeling they're probably going to announce the Switch 2 sometime next year, maybe early next year. Probably won't get released until Christmas of 2024, maybe later. But if they do, I don't think they're going to go to uh, really much more of a different form factor because the Switch has done so well, and it's kind of a perfect form factor. I mean, look at the other stuff that's come out that has emulated it, like the uh, the the Steam Deck and things like that. All they really need to do is improve battery life, and they need a little more power under the hood. Other than that, I mean, that's all they really need to do. And put in a, you know, and keep the OLED screen, of course. And they got to improve the online eShop. Oh, my God, I guess yes. it's That's a must. Yeah, I can't stand that Switch store. If they they need to hire somebody else to run that store because that thing is awful. Yeah. Our next story comes to us from Eurogamer.net. Sega not opened acquisitions from Microsoft or elsewhere. Sega, uh, let's see, it will remain part of Sega Sammy Holdings, Inc., Earlier this week, as part of the FTC versus Microsoft court case, internal documents were released suggesting Microsoft had at one point considered buying the Japanese company to boost its Game Pass offering. Sega's co-chief operating officer, uh, Shuji Utsumi, has now dismissed speculation the company is still open to acquisitions. No, not now, he told Bloomberg. He declined to confirm if Microsoft had ever made a formal approach to acquire Sega. I like the fact that Sega is making their games for multiple consoles, and I think it should stay that way, because I know I'm going to sound like a broken record when I say this. Look what happened to Rare. Yeah, exactly. And I personally, I don't really have a dog in this fight with the whole them buying Activision and Blizzard, all that stuff, that that big thing that's going on now with the FTC. I I really... I don't care. <laughs> I don't play I don't Blizzard games that much anymore. I haven't played a Call of Duty since like Black Ops. But you know, when like you said, when it comes to stuff like Sega, I like the fact that they put stuff on different platforms. They can do anything they want with, especially with, with Sonic the Hedgehog, and have him be part of you know Mario stuff. Like they could throw him into you know Mario Party and stuff like that if they want to. And I, you know, I would like to see. I, it does my heart well to know that Sega's doing good enough that. Uh, yeah, Joey says uh, new NCR rule. Every time you say Sega, you have to yell it loudly, like the, in their old commercials. Sega, Sega. <laughs> but yeah, I like the fact that they're doing well enough that they're not even considering being bought by anybody, Microsoft or Sony or anybody like that. Just keep doing what you're doing. Maybe one of these days we'll even get another Sega console. I doubt it, but it could happen. Well, it does say here that Sega does have a strong relationship with Microsoft, stronger even than with Nintendo or Sony. Mm -hmm. That's great and all, but as long as you have a good relationship with all of them and you keep doing what you're doing, I think that's what they need to do. 
100%. This other story, this is from NintendoLife.com. Quake 2 Remastered rated ahead of QuakeCon 2023. Ahead of Bethesda's QuakeCon celebrations this August, the South Korean Game Rating Committee has classified Quake 2 Remastered. Um, No platforms or release date uh, have been confirmed just yet. A similar situation previously played out with the re-release of Quake in 2021 when the rating surfaced via the ESRB. Quake 2 was originally released by id Software on the PC in 1997 and eventually made its way across to the Nintendo 64 in 1999. Um, Keep an eye out for a possible announcement in the near future, and in the meantime, be sure to check out the original Quake on Switch. Uh, I really didn't play much Quake back in the day. I, I know a lot of people that did. I mean, I played it here and there, but... I might have to try this out on the Switch because I never really played it that much back in the day. Yeah, and I didn't either. You know, I remember hearing about it. You know, and I, I especially remember it um, on the N64. I never really played it, but I'd like the opportunity to. It's interesting that they're doing a, like a, I don't want to say convention, but the name QuakeCon mm-hmm. sounds really cool. I'm like, should there be a... a <laughs> event dedicated to quake but it's 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 cool that's it i mean this game has been around for you know 30 years now and people still play the crap out of it so obviously there's something there that people really enjoy yeah let's see our next story from nintendoeverything.com uh kudzu non-linear adventure game coming to switch and game boy uh, Kudzu is coming to both Switch and Game Boy following a successful run on Kickstarter. Things just wrapped up a little while ago and over $45,000 was raised. The primary purpose of the campaign was to fund the Game Boy release, but after reaching a stretch goal, Switch is also now in the picture. For those that haven't heard of it previously, the game is a non-linear adventure experience that has players taking on the role of Max, the apprentice gardener who goes on an adventure trek through fields, gardens, forests, villas, and mountains, covered with kudzu, a known globally invasive plant species. This sounds like my kind of game, honestly. Oh, yeah. it, it sounds like, I don't know, like the Apprentice Gardener makes me think of Harvest Moon a little bit, uh-huh. but with a little bit of a different gameplay. And I mean, you look at the screen cap that's on the, it's at the head of the article, mm-hmm. it, it looks like something straight out of a, a mid-90s Game Boy game. And the fact that they're still making games for Game Boy and stuff like that just puts a warm feeling in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, key features, it uh, says here, explore ruined fields, gardens, forests, villas, and more. Master a variety of gardening tools to clear your path, including the machete, hoe, and rake. Meet weird and helpful characters. Eight epic bosses. Uh, and explore the depths of the kudzu maze to learn the true origins of the kudzu itself. Is it just an out-of-control invasive plant, or is something more sinister afoot? I'm. This sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna play this when it comes out. See, I need. It, to it find, says here. Um, I need to find my old Game Boy, man. I need to go to my mom's house and just look in all the closets and see if I can find it. Yeah, I should see how much they run for at the the retro stores in town. And I might pick one up at some point. They're getting harder to find. Yeah, even if I find something like a Game Boy Color, yeah, like I, I'd, I'd be willing to, to go with to that, too. A, I used to run across Game Boy Colors all the time and just never picked up, picked any of them up. And now it's like, 
can't either can't find them or they want way too much for them. I should have just picked one up when I ran across one. That's always how it goes. Uh, and for this last story, this is also from NintendoLife.com. Atari continues its recharge series on Stitch on on Stitch on Switch with Quantum. Uh, Atari has announced that it is reviving its 40-year-old arcade shooter Quantum for Nintendo Switch later this year, dubbed Quantum Recharged. While no gameplay images or footage have been provided, uh, Atari confirmed that the debut trailer for it will debut later this week at the Brazilian Independent Games Festival, uh, so they will post that as soon as it's possible. When it launches later this year, it will join the likes of Asteroids Recharged, Caverns of Marge Recharged, and Missile Command Recharged, among others available on Switch. That's another thing I've been wanting to get is that um, the big Atari uh, 40th anniversary collection. I really mm-hmm. want to get a copy of that. Yeah, that that would be really cool. It, it's. I remember us talking about, the, was it Atari was coming out with a console that was never never really saw the light of day? Was what's, that Atari? What's that now? I remember us talk something Atari was doing. It was like a new console, oh, yeah, or yeah, like they a, did do the uh, the Atari VCS. They had done. Yeah, uh, that's it. They did like a Kickstarter, or it may not have been. It might have been Kickstarter or something like that. They did actually make it, but it just kind of fell flat on its face. Like it was way too expensive for what it that's was. That's right. And I I actually watched a video of a review of it a while back. And they're like, it's real. It's cool for it to have, but it's not something you would like just play. So it just right. kind of fell flat and just silently went away. But it's still cool that they're they're re-releasing games. And the thing is, you know, they they made the VCS, but none of the people that originally worked at Atari work at Atari now. It's basically just you know an, other companies that have acquired the Atari name. Which kind of sucks, but you know, yeah. And I it think is what it is. I think they're actually selling off properties at this point, um, which is weird because I don't know. I, it just kind of breaks my heart that Atari is kind of dying uh, a very slow, uh, horrific death over forty years. Yeah, it's it's really a shame. But, uh, but that brings us to the end of the news, and it is time for this month in video game history. On July 9th of 1981, Nintendo releases Donkey Kong, which introduces the characters of Donkey Kong and Mario, and sets the template for the platform game genre. It is also one of the first video games with an integral storyline. Originally known as Jumpman. Jumpman. Yeah, I. if we were to do a top five most important video games of all time, this, I think, has to be on it. Because oh, of course. you go back and play it now, it gets okay. Like, it, it's cool to play for the nostalgia's sake and what it represents. But I kind of like two and three more. Personally, see, I don't really get into the the sequels. The sequels just got way too freaking hard, especially Donkey Kong Jr. Man, that game is hard. It is. Um, but I thought Donkey Kong Three, even though like it has nothing to do with Mario. Well, that, isn't that I, the think, one where I think I think the gameplay that... is, is interesting. 
Isn't that the one where you take the gun and like in uh, the spray gun and you shoot Donkey yeah. Kong in the ass? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> but no, the, the Donkey Kong, like, say what you will about it, gaming would not be what it is today if not for that game. <laughs> Joey came up with a good top five. Top five jump men. Like we could do a list. <laughs> like, what are your favorite characters that like platform like jump? Okay, I could get behind that. Uh, July 26th of 1985, Nintendo releases the Family Computer Robot, a peripheral for their Family Computer, a.k.a. Famicom, home video game console in Japan. Family Computer Robot is more commonly known as Rob. Did you ever have a Rob or knew anyone that had one? I did not, but I remember seeing them, and I thought it was really cool that they included him in the Smash Brothers games. Yeah. I remember my friend Brian in the fourth grade had uh had robbed the robot and i remember we played gyromite and then because i thought it was the coolest thing ever i was like this thing comes with a robot you know you see the 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 commercials and everything with rob the robot and then you played gyromite and you're like this sucks this thing (laughs) sucks (laughs) yeah it's i don't really remember much about it as far as specifics but i i always thought it looked cool and the fact that there was a robot that goes with your Nintendo, I'm like, that's a cool idea. Yeah, but it's so much faster playing those games with just the other controller. Instead yeah. of waiting for Rob to, like, pick up the little spinny things and put them on the buttons, and it's like, ugh, it just takes so long. Yeah. Uh, July 14th of 1993, Super Mario All-Stars is released for the Super Nintendo in Japan and featured upgraded 16-bit versions of the first four Super Mario games. It's also the first time you got to play the original Super Mario Brothers 2, a.k.a. the Lost Levels, in the United States. Love some Super Mario All-Stars. I love the upgraded graphics on those games. Oh, I do too, and the updated music and everything. Like, it's it's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games, and it's it's strictly a compilation, mm-hmm. but I love it. Like, I, I that, that's my go-to if I want to play the original, like, Mario Brothers or Mario 2 or 3. That's usually the one I go to and play. It's a must-have for a Super Nintendo. If you have a Super Nintendo, you need to have All-Stars. Oh, absolutely. And finally, July 21st of 1995, the Virtual Boy 32-bit console is released in Japan, and it is discontinued on December 22nd of the same year. See, Nintendo, uh, you know, 25, 28 years ahead of their time. See, they should have started doing the virtual stuff now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Yeah, I I tried playing a Virtual Boy once, and I said I'm good, and I've never played it again since. You know, with Apple coming out with that new uh, headset they have, what if they partnered with Nintendo <laughs> to make cool stuff for it? In a perfect uh, world, yeah. Happen. Just uh, imagine the Virtual Boy Two, hmm. if they called it that. Like I, that would be a divided audience. <laughs> But I, I'd be here for it because I love the chaos. I would actually, I, if they, I know Wally would punch me in the face for saying this, but if they, <laughs> if Apple came out tomorrow and said we've partnered with Nintendo, I'm breaking out the credit card and I'm spending the thirty five hundred dollars on that stupid headset. <laughs> uh, and I will sit on Twitter tomorrow with some popcorn. Yep. And I'm like, I got to get a second job so I won't be able to play it. I got to pay for it first. (laughs) Oh man. But uh, before we go into our review for tonight, Derek, would you like to do our shout outs? Absolutely. We want to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerd cave retro. We want to shout out Travis Martin, Raven, Danny house, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Res Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, and Mama Diamond herself, Donna Diamond. Mama Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just for as little as a dollar a month. That's like half the price, well, more than half the price of gas station coffee these days. You get early access to our fun commentary tracks, like the long-awaited Batman 89 track that we recorded a couple of weeks ago, which we mentioned this last week. Freaking fun to do. One of my favorite commentaries that we've ever done on this show. By bar none, in my opinion. If you do listen to it, be prepared. There was a little snafu in the middle of the movie where my DVD broke. And uh, Joey yelled at me last week because we had a complex way of watching the movie together. But for some reason, we didn't think to do that. No. I I just need to start leaving a sticky note on my monitor (laughs) that just says complex. And so it'll remind me every time. But yeah, we've done, you know, fun commentary tracks in the past, like Christmas Vacation. Um animated series like Batman, Darkwing Duck, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Ninja the list Turtles. is near endless of what we've done. Ninja Turtles, yeah. And for as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to those, and you get to vote on occasion whenever we post polls on what we do commentary tracks of, as well as our reviews here on the show. So if you want to be a part of that, head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media information, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout-out. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. 
They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to BRESCOFFEECO.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. And tonight, I will be talking about... Man, a pick and flick adventure is a 2D platform video game created by Interplay Productions and released for the Sega Genesis in 1994 and later on the Super NES in 1995. The Genesis version was also re-released on the Wii Virtual Console in 2008, um, and the game's lead character also appears as a playable character and the rival of Earthworm Jim and Interplay's Clay Fighter 63 and a half. And the plot is one dark and stormy evening, evening the civic-minded Professor Stinkbomb was working on his lab above Takey Dump, <laughs> where he was secretly building a machine called Zapomatic that would save the world from pollution by transporting it to a place he called Dimension Excrement. That same evening, eccentric millionaire Snotty Ragsdale paid a visit to the lab to investigate this project and find out how such a thing was possible. He's not too sure about the machine's purpose, but after activating the machine, Ragsdale inhaled a cloud of pepper through his nose, causing him to let out a mighty sneeze. The power of the sneeze broke the machine, opening a portal. Just then, a mysterious giant arm popped out of the portal and stole the machine's main power source, Snotrium-357. In response to this danger, Snotty rushed into the men's room to change into his alter ego, the mighty Boogerman, and jumped into the portal to pursue the arm to learn the reason for the theft it had committed. And I'm done. I'm done here. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Well, that that's the show, everybody. <laughs> that, I think, you know, it, it shows my maturity or lack of it. The fact that I've been laughing at every single name that you've said during that so, description. So is Stink Bomb, uh, Professor Stink Bomb, is that, is, that a, is that a traditional Jewish name? Uh, somebody let o- me know. Only he knows for sure. <laughs> oh, man. But th- this is one of those games that what, what was wrong with us back in the 90s where we had everything had to be gross. There was just this thing with things had to be gross. If you go back and look at the toys at the time and the video games and the the cartoons, you know, Ren and yep. Stimpy, you know, uh, uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, the Beavis what, and Butthead? What was the kids' game show? Uh, Dare, Double, Double Dare, Dare with the slime and all that stuff. Yep. And we were just into gross stuff back then. And this game just ran with it. So I have to ask, because I I didn't know this until yesterday when I opened up the Google Doc and saw that this was going to be your review. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. So (laughs) was it the top five list that we did that made you think, okay, I'm just going to give this a shot? Yes, because I I saw it on so many um, lists around you know, when I looked up, like, what, like, I would, I went on Google and I just looked up, like, what are the, some of the failed video game mascots over the years? And Boogerman was always up there at the top. And I was like, you know what? I've never played this game, so I'm just going to get the ROM. I got it. I got a ROM through the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. I did play both. 
Um, and this is actually in my notes here. I played both versions, but the uh, the games play the same. Like the animations, the the you know the the, the graphics and stuff are, are very much the same, but the level designs are different. And I actually prefer the Genesis version better than the Super Nintendo version. Just something about the level design with the between the two games. I didn't get very far into the Super Nintendo version, but I did prefer the Genesis version because I mean it's very glaringly obvious that the the the, the level designs are different between the two consoles. It's always interesting to see those subtle differences, even if it's the same game. There's always there was always little differences back then. Like I remember, you know, the Toy Story game, the Genesis version, I think had like a, an extra level mm-hmm. than the Super Nintendo did. Yeah. It's, it's always fascinating to me comparing the two. And, and both games, I mean, like I said, they play exactly the same. There's really no difference. Right. It's just which one do you prefer, you know? And to, for me, it was the Genesis version because I just felt like... Uh, I, I, a lot of the platforming, even in the Genesis version, and I feel like this is something they could have worked on. One of the this is one of the only things that actually bugged me about the game is I felt like the platforming was a little slippery, and a lot of times there were platforms you're trying to jump to, like um, you're going because the platforming in this game is it's not just a side scroller, but it goes vertical as well and then there's uh warp zones that are like toilets that you jump into and you can warp into the sewer and all that kind of stuff um but there's times where you got to jump from like um like uh like from tree to tree and the the branches that you're trying to jump to like you don't know exactly where you're supposed to land on them like you think you're going to land on the the branch but you just kind of fall right through it and so I just feel like that could have been worked on a little bit. Like, cause I feel like sometimes the, to jump from branch to branch was a little bit impossible. Like I felt like you couldn't jump far enough to, to actually get where you're supposed to go. Yeah. And I, I like platforming games that do that where you're not just going horizontal, you're going vertical and like the screen's moving. So you have that little bit of, you know, urgency to jump from platform to platform. So yeah. is it like, um, when you say slippery, is it like you're almost on ice in a way? A, a little. Like, I, I felt really, not that he's slippery. It just, I felt really unsure of my footing. Like, when I would gotcha. jump onto a platform. Because, I, you know, jumping from different platforms to different platforms, like, you're not ever sure you're going to land where you're supposed to land. So, you, when you do land, you kind of panic for a second and end up hitting the button anyway and you end up falling off the platform like that kind of stuff okay and it's interesting that it does that because that you know there are levels in in mario world that are like that so yeah that that's cool but at least with mario you can if you see a platform you like there's it's pixel perfect where you know you're gonna land on that platform there, it would be almost like if if you're Mario and you see like you know the floating platforms and then you jump to get on it and you hit the corner of it, but instead of landing and solidly landing, you would just go straight through it because you you missed it by like a pixel or two. And it's like oh, that's uh, frustrating. It's kind of aggravating. Like, but that's really my only complaint with the game. I mean, as gross as it is. This game is gross. Trust me, it is very gross. 
it's a fun <sighs> game to play. And I, I hate to say that because it's a it's from Interplay. And Interplay is, is was a very, very good uh game developer back in the nineties. One, I, I watched some gameplay um earlier today and and looking at it, and I've I've never played this game, so I can't speak from experience, but just from what I've watched, it doesn't seem that bad, but it's one of those games like you hear the name and you automatically have low expectations. Exactly. I think I don't think the grossness did any favors to this game. I feel like if this game was something else entirely, but with the same gameplay, same character animations, because they put a lot into this game, like the the level design, the character animation. I mean, it is a smooth looking game. Like the way the the characters act, especially when you're running. And, and you can fart to make yourself jump higher. <laughs> All that kind of stuff is like, they put a lot of time and care into the this game. And it's sort of like, uh, why didn't y'all just make it some, why did it have to be Booger Man? You know, like it, that, I don't think that does this game any favors. You mentioned farting. What kind of attacks do you do in this game? <laughs> well, you start off flicking boogers and you have Sweet. to, uh, you have to, you can run out of boogers. So you have to look for uh, giant boogers like in the trees to, to get to refill your booger meter. <laughs> for those that are only listening to audio, that just gave me a, a chill. <laughs> and later, later in the game, you spit loogies. Uh, you you can fart on enemies. Um, it, it's whatever you grossness you can think of, you can pretty much do in the game. Can you give them pink eye? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I when I put on the game and that first cutscene came up, it really gave me like a a maniac mansion or like a zombies ate my neighbors vibe from like especially like day of the tentacle like i got that kind of vibe from the game of course it doesn't play anything like those games but like the aesthetic of the game like if they would have made this game something else and made it sort of like um uh, more of a like a goofy horror game or something you know using stuff like from day of the tentacle or just something along those lines I think this game would have been an instant classic. Yeah, and you you may be right. And I I think when I think of this game, we mentioned it at the top of the review, it's very much a product of its time. Yeah. You mentioned that gross humor from from that era. And I I don't know if you know anything like this would be made today. No, not at all. Like we're just we're not into gross-out humor. Uh, I, at least I don't think kids are into gross-out humor like we were back in the 90s. They may go through a phase of it, but you look at what's on TV, and that was all over TV in the 90s, especially with, with cartoons. And you don't see that now. So mm-hmm. it, th- this is almost like looking at a time capsule of a, a cultural phenomenon, the gross humor. Yeah. And, you know, I I wrote in the notes, I really like this game in spite of the novelty of it. I feel like the novelty of being a gross-out kind of game kind of, quote, puts a stink on it, pun pun intended. 
Uh, but there's a real charm to it, and it's a very fun kind of turn-your-brain-off-and-play game. And that's just really what it is. And I, I just... The grossness of it really doesn't do it any favors. If it would have been something else entirely... Like, this game plays so well, like, looks good, the music's great, and the the character animations, all that stuff is great, except for it's just disgusting. Like, I, not something I want to play all the time, but if this was something else entirely, I probably would play it more often. And it makes you feel like it's, like, a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Like with you describing how good it is from a gameplay standpoint, from a graphical standpoint... It's like if you had just taken the the booger aspect yeah. out of it, it would have been a a a, a good game. Not yeah. saying that it's a bad game, but the humor and its plot kind of bring it down. And I feel like, it, and my takeaway from the whole thing is, is if you're a fan of Earthworm Jim, and you know, because that game's kind of gross too, but like that whole aesthetic of Earthworm Jim and like the way that game plays. Uh, it's not the same like graphical style or anything, but it's still very stylized. The graphics, um, I think, this is right up your alley. Like, if you like Earthworm Jim and those games, I think you'll you would enjoy actually playing this game. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, maybe not all the time, but it would definitely be something to add to the library. Yeah, it's, and I'm looking at the the reviews now, and it says here that um, Game Pros. Manny La Mancha gave the Genesis version a positive review, summarizing that as disgusting as Boogerman can be, as a video game, it's fun to play. It almost comes off as a parody of uh, Disney's Aladdin with extensive challenging levels that take you up and down, left and right and in and out of distant areas. Mm-hmm. That is uh, a video good comparison, head- the, like the Aladdin game. Mm hmm. And video head of GamePro said that while the game's gross-out premise is juvenile, the gameplay is high-quality and fun. And it, it's got decent scores. IGN gave it a 6 out of 10. Uh, Nintendo Power gave it a 14.2 out of 20. Why they're doing decimals, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Total gave it 74 out of 100. So the, And video games and computer entertainment gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's not a bad game. It's just gross. Yeah, Mushmouth asked, uh, Boogerman 3D, when? Yeah. <laughs> he also he compared it to uh, Aladdin with and without the sword. Like, yeah, I would say this is very much uh, like the same kind of gameplay animations as like the, you know, the Lion King, Aladdin, stuff like that. Right. So it... it in those games, you know, uh, even with the, like uh, the Lion King and stuff, like some of the platforming in the Lion King, how that feels doing the platforming is like how the platforming feels like in this game. Hmm. I'm interested to give this a shot. Like, I don't know that I'll play it extensively, but you talking about it has got me curious enough that I'll grab a ROM and, and give it a shot. I think you should definitely give it a try. I mean, it's not something you're going to play all the time, but it's definitely worth a try. I mean, it plays really well. I think I might do that. But as far as me, I think I would probably just give it a... a, a it's, it gets a solid 7. That's not bad. I, I I consider that slightly above average. Yeah, it's better than average game. Not something I'm going to play all the time, though. 
it's just crazy that they made such a you know a solid game from a lot of standpoints and then just one thing brings it down and and dates it horrifically yeah that's the, that's the thing like just being what it is is, is what puts the stink on it <laughs> joey says boogerman vr <laughs> yeah, oh no i'm i'm good there you can keep that uh boogerman 2024 hyper realistic open world rpg adventure Mm, no i think i'm good on that one too (laughs) Uh, i'd be intrigued but i don't know if i'd be that intrigued uh let's see this is something here about um october 16th of 2013 mike stragey and chris tremel announced that an hd sequel to the game was in the works under the company name toy ghost by starting a kickstarter campaign in which they have they set a $375,000 $375,000 goal. Um, let's see. Uh, it only reached a total of 40252 when it reached its goal date. So no no Boogerman sequel I, for anyone. I think that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> if gross, gross out humor is your thing, this is right up your alley. So go pick up a copy today. I mean, on one hand, I think it's cool to look at something like this because it is a reflection of the humor and the culture of that time. Mm-hmm. And I just I remember at the time, man, the 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 advertising for this game was everywhere. It it was in magazines, comic books, uh, video game magazines. Like it was all over the place. And I just even at the time, I was like, eh, I don't want to play that. It just seemed at the time it seemed like this would have been. You know, a, a just a crap shovelware game, but it wasn't, and that's I think that's its legacy. Like it could have been so much more if it was just uh, something else, you know. Uh, it's one of those cool what if stories. Yeah, like I said, it, it, they should have made it like you know, if this would have been you know Frankenstein's monster instead of Booger Man and fighting horror stuff, it would have been better. Yeah, play as Frankenstein's monster and fight the other um, iconic Universal monsters. Yeah, that would have been a better game. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah, but what do we know? But uh, but think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. So Derek, anything going on at the Derek Diamond Experience? Yeah, so uh, continuing the re-released episodes of Feature Presentation, this week I released a chat that I had Uh, May of last year with two local filmmakers, Shannon Williams and Renee Jordan, they made a short about uh, the skunk ape and the various incarnations of Bigfoot. So it's a it's a fun short and uh, it was a fun chat. It was fun going back and revisiting that. You can find that on the Derek Diamond Experience audio feed and you can head over to linktree.com slash D Diamond podcast where you can find where to subscribe to the show, YouTube, social media, everything's in one location. And if you could, please leave a review. We stress it every week on the show, but the reviews are very important. Um, the more reviews that this show gets and you know our our respective shows, the more likely it is that someone who's searching for, like in this case, a retro gaming show or in my show's case, a movie show, they're more likely to find them in searches. Uh, yeah, Joey says, Skunk Ape, a pick and flick adventure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. 
Go check out the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Last week we talked with the great comedian Sam Talent. Uh, and go check out that episode. And this week we talked with Mr. Sam Miller, and that's going to be out on Wednesday. Two really funny comedians. We've been hit firing on all cylinders uh, at Open Micers right now with all the cool guests we've had. So go check it out over there at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. So, Derek, anything else before we leave this evening? I think that's it. Well, let me play our music here. And if you want to email us, please email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree that includes our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and our merch shop, which is which can also be located at ncrmerch.com. We can go get t-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, and whatever your nerdy heart desires. And let me tell you, our uh, Blaster Master t-shirt, or uh, Master Blaster t-shirt has been doing gangbusters lately, so I don't know what's going on with that. So go get yourself a Master Blaster t-shirt. Follow us on social media, at NerdCaveRetro, at JayFunktastic, and at Derek underscore Diamond. And leave a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms. Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Master Blaster runs by the town. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.